Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. Season 5. Doesn't this just get you in the Christmas spirit? I am still in the Christmas spirit. Are you? Yeah. Now that all the decorations are gone, I'm still there. I'm still there, David. I'm getting all new agey on you. You are. I'm getting all flowy. The dance you're putting on right now is amazing. <laughs> Welcome to Mullets and Memories, everybody. I am your host, Dave Champa. I'm your other host, Greg Klein. This is Mullets and Memories, episode 94. Today, Greg and I will be talking about season five, episode 11, The Madonna. Oh, God. <laughs> now, I, uh, well, let's preface this before we jump into the episode by saying that Greg and I don't necessarily think of, e- think of ourselves as weak-willed men. <laughs> um... <laughs> At least I don't think I'm a. I don't think of myself as weak-willed. Uh, weak-willed. But this episode drew something out of me no less than four times <laughs> that made me feel things that I don't like to feel when I'm watching MacGyver, and it's only happened maybe once before, and it was that way back, uh, season one or two with the mm. deaf kid. Who finally heard for oh, the first that, time. Oh, yes, yes. Remember that? And I told you I cried like a child. I did too. I got all weepy. And so this, I, we're going to just get through it. We'll go into each specific scene as we get there. Um, I know this is a little late. It's We are now recording. This is January 10th. This was the season five Christmas episode of MacGyver. Christmas um, episode. It was aired on December 18th, 1989. This was the last episode of 89. So this is important right here. This is It's, an, it's a, a milestone. We're almost in the new decade. We Yeah. Uh, once we come up to with episode 12, it starts literally right at the beginning of the year. I think it's like January 5th, mm, 2012. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 1990. But anyway, so the Madonna in question is referring to, obviously, the Virgin Mary. Uh, I will not refer to that as the Virgin Mary for the whole episode. It will simply be called the Madonna. Mm. Um, <clears throat> what did you think of this episode, Greg? Oh wow, wow, oh boy, wow! It was, it was, uh, it was a heavy one. It was a good feel good episode, but it really got under my skin in a in a in a good way. In a good way, yeah. But it, there's some. There's some oddities in here that I think we need to discuss. Oh, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll get into those because I mean I think you know I read a little bit about the episode. I did a little prior research, and you know it wasn't very well. Not I don't want to say it wasn't well received, but a lot of people I read online didn't really like it because of the mm-hmm. like. I found it to be emotionally manipulative. <laughs> yes, indeed, and just like purposely gut wrenching. Mm. But I eat that shit up. <laughs> like that, I just, I, you know, Kristen and I were talking and you were upstairs too. Like I, I cry at everything. Mm-hmm. I literally will cry at anything that comes on the TV with even a hint of sadness. Uh-huh. I'll cry on YouTube videos. So uh, 
I have a problem. I, I'm going to blame my children because they broke me emotionally when Pro- they were born. Sure. Sure. So <clears throat> I cry about everything. That's great. Do you cry a lot? <laughs> um, not really, but I, I definitely get the misties. I'm like, like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Uh, that's pretty emotional right there. I felt myself hyperventilating at one point during this episode oh, yeah? because of a scene near the end. We'll get into it, but um, <laughs> let's. Uh, that's God. It was awful. Let's <clears throat> let's jump into it, shall we? Mm-hmm. All right. So we open the episode at St. Mary's Church, right on the outside, and we we kind of like we 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 fade in and we see a woman. And she's like a housekeeper, a house cleaner. She kind of keeps the church in working order. And so she's walking around the church. She's putting candles in all the empty votives. And she kind of like, you know, she has the genuflect in front of the Madonna statue. Mm -hmm. She goes into the back room and and we meet Father Lafferty, Mm -hmm. who looks strikingly like Frank Oz. I really wish he talked like Frank Oz. He really does. But um, so we meet Father Lafferty and he's like polishing his furniture. And the the housekeeper, um, I think her name is Mrs. Wilson. She's like... That's my job. You shouldn't be doing that. And and Father Lafferty's like, well, you know, I got to start working up my brownie points for the Christmas service or whatever he says. And I was just like, that's mm-hmm. actually kind uh, of a funny line. It is. It is. I think it's also funny that she had the Irish accent and he did not. I was expecting to hear it, but he didn't. Because <laughs> no. when MacGyver meets him 10 minutes into the episode, he jumps into the Irish brogue. He's like, Father Lafferty. Right. I, like, I know. I know. Right. And he doesn't have it. No, because they were childhood friends. They were childhood friends. We'll get to that. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, this is great. I do want to make a point. I did see that this set, the St. Mary's set. It yeah. looked an awful lot like the Torch Museum from the Holy Grail episode. I didn't actually notice that. I don't think it was, but it was very close. I'll have to go back and look at it again. But it wasn't I, the I'll same. Be, I'll be interested to see. It was bigger. I mean, was definitely it? bigger, but it had the same feel. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> I don't think it was, but I was like, that's an odd comparison. Um, all right. So they're in the back room and, you know, Lafferty is polishing the furniture and they, they hear a squeaking sound and it sounds like a mouse and they mm-hmm. can't tell what it is at first. And um, Mrs. Wilson makes an off comment about, oh, it's like our friends are back in the in the church. Mm-hmm. So she leaves the room, and when she goes out, she starts to get ready to kind of clean up a little more, and she looks up and realizes that the Madonna statue is gone. Mm-hmm. And she starts screaming for Father Lafferty. Father Lafferty. Father Lafferty! Father Lafferty! And he comes running out, and they kind of have that like freeze frame moment. <gasps> the camera pans up to them, and it yeah. goes back to the missing Madonna. And then we cut to MacGyver and Pete. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they're outside. Are they outside the Challengers Club yet? Are they opening No, there? no. They are gathering. It looks like they're getting like uh, snacks and things to put or donations or something okay. that they're putting in the van. They're outside somewhere. Okay. I don't know where. Okay. At, a, at a store. All right. So they're, they're, yeah, so they're, collecting, they're collecting gifts and they're getting all these snacks ready to bring to the Challengers Club um, because now this is the third episode where the Phoenix Foundation once again has another program mm-hmm. that they do. Uh, we had the art acquisition program uh, from the previous episode, two episodes ago. And then the last episode, we had the Say No to Drugs program. Mm-hmm. And this episode, we have the Phoenix Foundation Christmas Drive. Oh, sure. So accepting donations and things like that. And uh, Pete and MacGyver are putting gifts in the back. And as Pete puts his last thing of gifts, and you can tell he's struggling to hold them and put them in the truck, mm-hmm. he goes, oh, ugh, I think Santa's going to give me a hernia for Christmas. <laughs> I audibly laughed. During that line, I was like, of course, of course you did. Of course Pete's going to get a hernia. And, and MacGyver's in the van. So it's like one of those standard like box vans. Uh, right. And MacGyver's in there, and there's Christmas music playing on the radio. Right. And he's like, ugh. And he goes up and he turns it off. Yeah. And Pete's like, MacGyver, what's wrong? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, Pete. You know, just 
all this gets to you after a while. Yeah, he's like, it's just just this Christmas song is too sappy, and, and to to clear to be clear, the the song that comes on, which comes into play later, is "I'll Be Home for Christmas." Uh, Bing Crosby, by Bing the Crosby, way. and he shuts he shuts it off, and that's what you said. Pete was like, "What, what are you doing?" He's like, "Ah, oh, this is all just too sappy." And Pete's like, "Listen, I understand that the holiday season is hard for you, MacGyver. What with you know you you, you know you lost your mother during mm. the Christmas season. Like it's really tough for you. I under I understand that." And they kind of like have a little back and mm-hmm. forth, and and as they're talking, the camera cuts to an elderly woman mm-hmm. named Carol. Mm. She's just walking down the street. She's just got her grocery cart full of bags and like an uh, and not uh, down uh, down an on. I was gonna say an aisle down an aisle down a side street like an like an alleyway. Right, right. And so she's you know she's pushing her cart with all of her tchotchkes in it, and mm-hmm. she's getting down halfway down the alley when these two punks come out and they start like assaulting her and they're like oh what do you got in the cart what is this in here they're just like so over like such an overacting like they're going by the script they're just like the script says look inside the like look (laughs) that's clearly what it looked like it's like scripts the script action says look inside the cart that's all he does look he just picks it up yeah he's like oh what do you got in here oh they just start like not fondling her no like they're roughing her up they're like roughing her up and like it was, it was definitely over the top. Oh over yeah, the, I'm like, this, is this is this based on reality anywhere? Does is this, this what happen? vagrants do? And that's what the, the vagrants in the '80s did, apparently. Yeah. So Carol, so they take her cart and they start running, and Carol chases after him. She comes around the corner and she trips and falls mm-hmm. over the curb onto the ground, and she MacGyver sees this happen. And he runs after the punks, and they're still laughing with the cart. And they, but Pete's not as fast, so he runs up and helps Carol right. on the ground. He helps her up while MacGyver chases down the punks and gets the cart back. And he picks so yeah. And so the guys they push the cart into MacGyver. He grabs them. He grabs the cart, and MacGyver kind of helps Carol up with Pete. And because I just had a vision of Pete like tripping and falling on top of Carol. <laughs> <laughs> and Pete's got to help them both up. Or Mac's got to help them both Mac's up. Mac's got to help them both up. So Mac, you know, he's talking to Carol, and he re- notices that uh, Carol has a cut on her left hand from the fall, mm-hmm. and she kind of brushes it off, doesn't really think much of it. But the way Max, he's like, you know, Carol, you know, you should really go to a hospital. You should get that looked at. Like, in this really matter-of-fact MacGyver sort of, concerned MacGyver way. Right. It's just funny. She's like, no, I'll be fine. Yeah. She's like, I'll be good. Don't worry about it. Okay. And so she starts re- uh, ref- uh, not referencing, but she starts talking about like she's really looking at she's looking to stay somewhere. She doesn't have yeah. anywhere to stay at this moment. And and MacGyver was like, you know what? I actually have a really good idea for you. I- I've got I've got something that you might like. And she really just kind of graciously accepts. Yeah. And we cut to and I love this because they Hi. never show this scene. So we cut to the van pulling into the Challengers Club, which now, we've on, seen a couple times. Right. Now, the side of the van says the Christmas night. Did we just mention it that? It says the Phoenix Foundation Christmas Drive. Right, right. So that's where this van comes from that we never saw before. Right. It's just like this. It's like a, It's like the van from one of the previous episodes that the thugs were in from, from the 10% Solution. It was. I think it was the same van that was waiting outside... Uh, that guy's apartment with the thugs in Would it. They to, just spray it blue. Yeah, I thought it was kind of yeah. It was just like the same dirty looking van. Probably was. It's great. Probably just re yeah reuse props. Sure, and set pieces. Absolutely. So we cut to the we go to the challenges club and MacGyver gets out and we meet Cynthia. Comes back. This is I think her third appearance uh, as Cynthia since losing her husband uh, mm. Booker mm-hmm. and. She comes out and she's you know she's so excited to see MacGyver. Carol gets out of the car. They somehow got her grocery cart into the back of the van. <laughs> so that's what gets me. Okay, so the, the, the 
It's a van, so it's got the two double doors in the back and then the two double side doors. Yeah. So MacGyver goes around to the back to start getting stuff out of the back, and then Pete's in the front helping Carol out of the side doors with her cart. Her entire grocery cart full of stuff. <laughs> we imagine it's it's probably empty in the back. There's no like there's probably no back seat. No, it's just an empty van. So yeah. she's just like rolling around right in the back with her it's cart. Like, oh god. <laughs> so so you know, uh, so Cynthia comes out and she's talking to MacGyver as they're unloading all the gifts and and Max like so Cynthia you know, how's it going Cynthia oh, no what are we what are we what are we looking at and Cynthia's like well things aren't great MacGyver um, the landlord is is going to up the rent and not only do they need that but they need a security deposit they need last month's rent they need first month's rent and she mentioned something else and so basically it totaled like nine thousand dollars they needed by Saturday which was like. Two days away. Which, to me, doesn't completely make sense, because if they're rolling over your lease, you already have the security deposit from before, so it would right. have to be the whole thing. Anyway, the numbers, to me, didn't add up. It doesn't no, matter. And it doesn't we, matter. We know the, challenge, the Challengers Club's been there for a really long time. Yeah. So Years. It, it doesn't make much sense that they have to pay another security deposit, since they probably had to right. pay one when they moved in. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, but she basically says, like, if we can't come up with the nine thousand dollars, I need, I need nine grand mm-hmm. if we're going to even make it past Christmas. So she goes in, and we meet another character that we've seen before, our good old buddy Breeze. Oh, Breeze from the challenge. Same guy. Together um, we are Breeze. <laughs> and he's pissed at Cynthia. Like they've clearly been like. Butting heads. Well, they're all outside. Day. Breeze is out there with his friends playing basketball in the front, and Cynthia's what? Like, what's this? It's like it's a basketball. Like she's holding. She grabs the basketball as it rolls away, <clears throat> and she's like, "Come on, you guys have to come inside and help me, like move the stage and set all this stuff up for the right. for the show tonight." Right. And he gets all mad. It's like, "Oh, come on, woman." Yeah. It's like, geez, wow, Breeze, okay. And basically, she digs her heels in, and she's like, "No, you're going to get your ass in there with your friends, and you're going to help." So he reluctantly. He's like, fine, whatever, and he storms in. (laughs) And like Carol, at this point, is just kind of like standing off to the side, and she's listening to all these conversations, Mm -hmm. and she sidles up to Cynthia, and she very calmly assures Cynthia that everything's going to be fine, Yeah, and she's going to make it. And she says, happy, Merry Christmas, and Cynthia's like, yeah, right, okay. Yeah, great, cool, okay, get the fuck inside. She's like, we're never turned any way in 25 years, so I guess... Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Challengers Club, Carol. <laughs> Bring your cart up the stairs. I right. Guess. <laughs> so at the Challengers Club, I haven't seen any wheelchair access. Anyway. I ha- I was looking. <laughs> so somehow Cynthia got her her uh, cart of stuff up the stairs of the Challengers Club. That's fine. Right. That's fine. Absolutely. She got in somehow, and you know we we get MacGyver is like tending to Carol's hand. He's just wrapping it up and making <laughs> sure it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So they're inside. MacGyver has Carol that are sitting at a, like a table, and he's just like cleaning up her hand. And I'm like. Oh, Mac uses his chemistry set to fix her hand because he has like all these bottles and vials of stuff. Of course he does. And it's like, yeah. It just opens up his coat and it's just like it's pockets like, of- It's like an apothecary. <laughs> yes. Just loaded with stuff. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, totally. And so Pete uh, Pete and Cynthia are talking as that's happening and Pete's like, listen, Cynthia, uh, you know, you know, we, we love you. Like, we love what you guys are doing here, but unfortunately, like- the budget at the foundation is pretty tight for the next six months. Like I can't get any more money out of them. And I thought this the the second he said that I was like, of course there's no money left in the budget. You spent it all buying priceless pieces of art, you dipshit. <laughs> Over four million dollars. Right. So we're talking about a nine thousand dollar bill for like for your lease next year, right. and you can't you can't scrounge up nine thousand dollars. You spent over four million. <clears throat> like you dick. And not just that. <clears throat> MacGyver being the kind of guy he is, 
he must make a ton of money. Right. And he always says his, what he gets paid, he would rather get paid in helping other people, essentially. Right. So if he's going to get paid, why is he not just saying, oh, we'll just... Here, I got 9000 in my pocket. Right. Like, yeah, like, like, if you notice, though, this this isn't a, an, a mission for MacGyver. This is an episode where MacGyver's on a mission from the Phoenix Foundation, right? right? So maybe he's just, like, between jobs and he has no money. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Well, you had mentioned earlier, maybe, like you said, maybe they just have him on retainer. Yeah. So they just, the, fa- the foundation, like, just pays for the houseboat. They pay the utilities and the, the food mm-hmm. and everything like that. And Mac just, like, doesn't pay for anything yeah and everything it's just like phoenix phoenix foundation stuff like the cards for gas they just pay it all and they just macgyver does what they ask exactly maybe that's what it is because possible i don't know (laughs) it's very interesting i gotta tell you it's very interesting so we see in the background as this is happening breeze and all his buddies are trying to move this really clunky stage across Mm -hmm. the hall Mm -hmm. to get in place and they're like struggling with it they drop at one point they drop it Breeze starts getting really pissy, and Cynthia starts screaming at him again for not doing his job. And Breeze is just like, you know what? Fuck it all. I'm out. And <laughs> he's he like, sh- I'm leaving. And he, just, and, he just, and he bails, and he takes all his friends with him. But after Cynthia's like... Oh, no, he doesn't take his friends with him. He takes all of the immediate friends he takes <clears throat> Oh, he does. Okay. Yeah. And, but Cynthia's like, come on. If you know, if you know, We need this fundraiser, because if you leave and, and we can't do this, like the fundraiser's going to go bad. He's like, why should I care? Because if, if we don't get the money, the Challengers Club is going away. Like That directly affects you. How do right. you not care? Right. He's like, whatever, and bails. And so MacGyver's like, you want me to you want to go take care of that? And Cynthia's like, no, you know what? I'm done. Not worth it. I'm done. And she, this was the first I watched her. I was like, oh my God, this is great. Like, not great, but I'm like, she, you can really tell. She's fed up. She's it. She's that. She's like, nope. I got nothing left. Yeah. I have nothing left to offer these people. I'm out. And she yeah. like goes and shuts herself in her office. Yeah. Um, and at this point, Carol is all bandaged up and she walks over and she flips on the TV and it's uh, Father Lafferty. And I don't think the, the maid is there. No. But Father Lafferty is on the news and he's basically talking about how the Madonna went missing from the church and it's like been in the church for 25 mm-hmm. years. And MacGyver immediately recognizes Father Lafferty because he and Father Lafferty were buddies from high school. Yep. They were they played hockey together. Yeah. And he bails and he leaves to go to the church. With Pete. With Pete to go to the church to help just Father to, Lafferty. We gotta go see if we can help. We just gotta go and take a look. Yeah. You know, so let's go down there. And so this is what we when we walk in, we see MacGyver and he drop he But I just want to say, like, so Carol turned on the TV deliberately. Right. And then as MacGyver and Pete go away, the camera kind of zooms in on her. Oh, yes. And she's smiling. I'm like, wait wait a minute. What does she know? We get a couple of these moments of just like, huh, like, what's going on here, She Carol? turned on the TV at exactly the right time for Father Laffer to be, to be on there. Right. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. She just does that like old woman giggle like, oh, what's oh. going to happen? <laughs> so we cut to <laughs> what? The, I don't know. We cut to the church and this is where Guyver walks in and he, he like throws on the Irish brogue. He's like, ah! Father Lafferty and he's like MacGyver he starts walking over to him and they have this story together about how like MacGyver or like Father Lafferty was always so good at like checking MacGyver into the boards right when they played hockey together yeah now I was like I'm thinking to myself was MacGyver do you think it do you think MacGyver was was an altar boy in high school probably do you yeah. think that's oh, sure how, do you think that's where the connection is that makes sense I and like that, that he and Father Lafferty just like had a connection because uh-huh. he likes hockey they like hockey and so they just would meet up because MacGyver seems like the type of person who would have older friends 
than just like his friends in high school. Like, but he, I don't think Father Lafferty's older than him. I think they're the, they're the same age. Do you think? Are I, they really? I would, I would guess so. Oh, maybe. The, oh, I was looking they, at it high as like school. I was looking at it as like teacher, like Father Lafferty was the teacher. Of, oh like, no, the I, Sunday school parish, and MacGyver was like his. That makes no. so much Dude, more Dave. sense <laughs> that they were in high school together. Right. Oh, my God. They were okay, that friends makes much more sense. from high school. He says it. <laughs> I was too busy crying. <laughs> we haven't even gotten sad yet. I know. You're, oh, my God. I cannot believe. I nearly fell out of my chair. I almost fell out of his chair. Oh, my God. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> I watched this episode 24 hours ago, and I didn't put that together. I swear to God, I thought he was just like the, the lead parishioner. They're the same age. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. No, okay. They were friends in high school. So, so they were that hockey makes buddies. Sense that it, so, yes, then I'm like agreeing with you. MacGyver might have been an altar boy. And I'm sure whatever his name is, Lafferty was an altar boy. Okay. If he became a priest. That makes more sense. Fine, Greg. <laughs> All right. So Father Lafferty. Father Lafferty. He, he warns them. He's like, listen. He's like, we haven't had any luck finding the Madonna. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure where to go. And so Mrs. Wilson, the... Uh, the maid, I don't want to call her a maid. She's more of like the church keeper. The like church she, keeper? She's in charge of the upkeep. Yeah. What, what, what's the word for that? I mean, I'm she's an idiot. not quite maintenance, but she's like maintenance. She's maintenance. She's like the, the maintenance worker. Yeah. She keeps <laughs> okay. the housekeeping. I don't know. Cleaner. Maybe. All right. So anyway, so Mrs. Wilson notes that there was a the gentleman, his name was Vincent Battaglia. He actually, he was the one who donated the Madonna to the church 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So he carved it. Gave it to the church, and so she's like, "I think he was the one who stole it because he's been he's held a grudge against the church when he left fifteen years ago. Right? Like he bailed out of the church fifteen years, never came back. We think maybe he holds a grudge and he wants the Madonna back. Right? Okay. So they're like, "All right, I guess we're gonna go check out, uh, say hi to Mister Battaglia." Yeah, sure. Sounds good. And this was the first scene. No, maybe this wasn't the first scene where I started to cry. <laughs> so Pete, <laughs> pretty and, close. Pete and Max show up at the furniture store. Mr. Battaglia's furniture. It's like this just says like Battaglia's furniture or whatever it is, okay. but it's Mr. Battaglia's furniture store. And they're knocking on the door and they're like, "Hey, you are you in there?" And he like this grumpy old man opens the door and he's like, "What do you want?" <laughs> like Scrooge. And they're like, "Um, hey, listen, we're just trying to figure out like you carved a Madonna for St. Mary's Church about 20 years ago. Just want to know if you know anything about that." It's like, "I left that church 15 years ago. I want nothing to do with it." Gush, and he slams the door. Yeah, and Pete's like, "Can you imagine this guy? Look at this. Uh, yeah. MacGyver." This guy's so grumpy. Uh. And as as Pete's doing that, he hears this very unenthusiastic Santa Claus behind him, like like the Salvation Army kind of Santa with the with the ringing the bells for donations. He's got like a dirty suit, like black beard, black like, every, like everything's like black with soot. Not lo- the not like the Santa soot. He looked like Winthorpe in a in a Trading Places. Yes. With Eddie Murphy, Dan yes. Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. Yes. He looked like when Dan Aykroyd's the drunk Santa yes. in this disgusting, filthy Santa outfit. <laughs> it was so gross, and I love this. Such a weird scene. I know, and Pete's like, are you drunk? Or no, he didn't say it, but he's like, look at you. Is this? Are you seriously Santa? He's like, this is, you know, what are you doing? This isn't how you should be looking. Like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? Buddy, buddy, it's just the job. He's like, come on, you should have some little Christmas spirit here. You know, get in the mood. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, he's just accosting the street Santa. And he starts, like, coaching him on how to do the proper ho-ho-ho. Like, oh, come ho, on. Ho, 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 ho. And, and the guy's see, like, what? You see MacGyver standing by the car, like, ready to go. And he's like, come on, Pete. Pete, what are you doing? I've deal- I've been dealing with this for, like, over a decade. <laughs> come on. So 
the Santa Claus, they, they ask him at one point, they're like, hey, you wouldn't happen to know anything. Do they no, ask no, him? No, 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 the guy volunteers it because he's- Oh, he's that's clo- right. He's right in, he's set up kind of close to the door of the furniture store. That's right. He just mentions, he's, he's like, like, I might know something. He's like, this. so I heard you guys are looking for the Madonna. Yeah. And they're like, yes. Right. Oh, say, okay. Um, I, I might, I can't tell you, I don't know anything about it really, but I have seen something. Right. And he, they're like, okay, well, what is it? And he not so subtly, the Santa Claus, not so subtly like aims his head and like points at the cell, at the bowl for, right, for the donations. donation thing. And so Pete throws some money in and the guy was like, yeah, it's starting to get a little clearer. I don't know. I'm starting to remember. And Pete looks at Mac and he goes, Mac, come on. And Mac's like, oh, fine. He <laughs> just throws in his wad of cash. Yeah. And so the guy finally reveals, and he's like, listen, I saw this elderly woman with a, with a grocery cart, very squeaky grocery cart. She was walking away from the store, mm-hmm. and there was a sculpture in there, and it was covered. And I'm just telling you that. From the store from the church? Was it from the church? I think it was from the church. So is Bataglia's like across the street from I the have, church? This is what got me. I'm like, I don't know where the heck this furniture store is. Because you don't see that. I was thinking that, but I was because I think she no. says he just saw the old woman with a squeaky shopping cart. Yeah. And there was a sculpture that was covered very the, clearly. It looked like there was a sculpture in it. I thought it sounded like she was near the church. Like he just happened to see it one day. Yesterday, like yesterday walking around. Oh, maybe she was. So I, I'm thinking whatever town MacGyverland is in, it's not very big because everybody sees everything else. It's right. like it's like uh oh what is it? Oh forget it. Never mind. There's a movie that's I'm drawing a blank on. Okay. <laughs> I don't Dark City. Oh yes, it's like yeah. it's, it's like all like in there, right? Like a big mouse trap, mouse maze. So Pete and MacGyver, they're gonna head back to the Challengers Club because they want to talk to Carol. And we cut back to Battaglia, and he's kind of like creeping from the store window, like watching what's going on. And he walks over to a cabinet, he opens it up, and he takes out a cardboard box, and he doesn't open it. He just kind of like puts his hands on it, and then the camera pans up to his face, and he's clearly getting ready. Like he's, he's just like, get, he's crying. He's starting. Yeah, it's like, he's <laughs> getting really emotional. We don't know why. And at that point, I was like, oh god, this is my weakness. Like old men crying. <laughs> I know. I was old about, men crying is my weakness. Just about to ask you, Dave, what do you think of old man Bataglia? Bataglia. Just, oh, you warm my heart, especially at the end. But like when he starts crying, I'm like, I can't. And he's like got his his like his like old hands on the box, and he's like. So you're wondering, like, oh, my God, did he steal it? And he's, like, hiding it, and it means something to him? What's in the box? I was just like, oh, it's just old men crying. I can't deal with it. <laughs> so <laughs> so we fight. We got to commercial on that. We come back, and Mac and Pete are back at the club. And <laughs> this scene, Carol is, like, beating the shit out of a drunken Santa with a broomstick, kicking so, okay. him out of the Challengers Club. So Pete MacGyver went off in, was it in the van? No, it wasn't. I don't it know. Was in, it wasn't whatever. We don't see them pulling back in. We They're just... coming back, and you hear, "How dare you be drunk? How dare you be dressed up as Santa and be drunk?" And like you see, like a drunk Santa. We just left a dirty Santa on the side of the road, and here we go back to the Challengers Club, and, they and there's a drunk Santa. They cannot have. Been, they can't have been gone this long. No, just the <laughs> Santa falls like is getting pushed out of the Challengers Club. Who the hell is this guy? And there's Carol with a broom, like whack, like getting like pushing him out. Get out of here! Get out of here! And he's like, I'm trying to leave. I'm trying to leave. And then Mac and and Pete come up and like stop hitting him. Stop and like and he just walks off. He's like, Merry Christmas. See you later. And so, like, like Max got his like Max like bear hugging Carol, trying to get her off of him, and right. the drunk Santa's just like clawing Pete, and Pete's right? Just, like pinned up against the back of the fan, which doesn't make so. And then, and this whole thing just kind of 
ends and drunk Santa walks off and, and Pete MacGyver is standing there with Carol. And they're like, that was weird. Okay. So this did he did he just wander in? Did they I don't hi- know. did they hire a Santa Claus? Like I don't know. Why was he drunk at the Challenger well, Club? I, I know. Oh god. It was, <laughs> was amazing. Duh. Drunk Santa. Anyway, yeah, and then the so Pete and Pete MacGyver and Carol are standing there outside and they're explaining where they were. Like, oh we went off looking for you know, we went to the old man Battaglia's place. Right. Now I'm saying it, old man Battaglia. Yeah. Battaglia's furniture shop just to see what was going on. And, uh, well, Carol, I don't know how to put this, put this, but w- do you mind if we look at your stuff? Because we, they, he's like, because we, we, we had a report that somebody saw you walking around. Not you. He said an, a, a woman with a shopping cart. Well, right. They saw a woman with a shopping cart, and there may or may not have been a sculpture in the shopping cart. Do you mind if we look at your shopping cart and she very happily was just like of course like let's let's rule let's rule this out essentially but she said it really nicely she's like of course that's great detective work yeah but uh if you if you how how did you say if you think i might have taken it why do you guys look so guilty like right because they didn't want to be like oh my god we're being such awful hosts right now we're like we don't trust you, right? Essentially, what they were saying, and unfor- and and fortunately, when they get up there and they they look through it and they pull it out, they realize that the sculpture in question was nothing more than a garden gnome, right? Exactly, just a simple old garden gnome, and that was really and that's kind of like because it was kind of wrapped up. It was in her bag of stuff, right? And they pulled it, and sure, I could see from a distance. Yeah, it's a statue, sure, yeah. but it's a garden gnome. But I love that they had to dig through a little bit. They to did get this. So I'm like, how did this Santa Claus? See a statue wrapped in a bag. Not just that. They did it in like a dark room. I know. <laughs> no lights like on in her room. With no lights and they're rummaging <laughs> through her stuff. It's like, ugh. Yeah. So we cut back to the main room and, and MacGyver and Peter kind of like, they kind of throw their hands up to like, I don't fucking, I don't know. Like, what are we going to do? Like, there's nothing, there are no leads on this at this moment. And this little girl, and this is where I start, oh. this is my first time crying. <laughs> this little girl named Violet. She walks up to MacGyver and she goes, Merry Christmas, MacGyver. And she's holding this tiny little gift wrap or wrapped gift. Gift wrap. Oh, God, I'm such an idiot. And she's like, I carved, I carved this myself. It was, she says it was a, it's a wooden statue of a hamster. I carved it myself. And MacGyver was just like, get out of here. Like, really? Like, mm. this is, that was so nice of you. And she's like, listen, I, I remember I used to give the same types of gifts to my mother around Christmas too. And I'm like, because uh, this whole time, MacGyver, go, Dave, it's starting to lose it again. Like, MacGyver, so basically, MacGyver and Pete were sitting there at this table, and MacGyver's like really like worn down by this whole thing. And and Pete's like, you know, I know this is a really hard time for you. Brings it up again. Of course, you know, yeah. like, Pete's like, I know this is a hard time for you, and I know that you miss your mother and all this stuff. And this is when that little girl comes by, and and bit by bit, MacGyver, you start seeing that MacGyver's having a really hard time because Christmas time is the time that I guess he lost his mother, right? And we get a big reveal about an, another big reveal about his past at the end of this episode, so it's leading up to this moment, right? But like he said, like so, just little bits and pieces he throws out. Like here. he's been like so, like this is the most. I don't know about the most down, but the most un MacGyver he he is. Absolutely, absolutely. Because yeah. we at the beginning of the episode, he talks about this Christmas song is too sappy, and now he's telling Violet that he, he used to make gifts like this for his mom at Christmas. And so they have their nice little moment, and uh, I'm crying as we watch this. <laughs> and so then Breeze. And his friends are again trying to move the platform again. Yeah, they come back. back. They're like, "All right, let's let's try this again." And they stumble and they drop it and they knock over an entire uh, shelf of 
like dumbbells. Yeah, because so to be clear, the Challengers Club is like a gym. Right. It's like a boxing gym. Yeah. It's got it's like a place to hang out. There's all kinds of stuff in there, and there's loose like free weights, and they knock over a rack of the of the weights. Right. And uh, Cynthia comes out. What the heck are you guys doing in here? You're gonna get somebody hurt. And like this is where she gets mad at Breeze, but Breeze is like, "Come on, we've been trying our best." And storms out again. Like right. takes everybody with us. And Cynthia's just like, "They're all depending on you, Breeze, to get this thing over here." And he's like, "Fuck, I get, I'm out, done. Right, peace." So, right. So the second time he walks out on her. And so MacGyver, I think he offers again to yeah. go help Breeze, and Cynthia's like, "No, I'm just, nope, I'm done." So yeah. rather than do that, MacGyver tells the remaining kids that are left to like, "All right, everybody, take your like take your posts, basically." Mm-hmm. And what he does is he has them all lift up a corner of the stage and he slides one of the dumbbells into it and puts it back down. Essentially, he's going to line the sides of the stage with dumbbells as wheels yeah. and just wheel it across the floor. And they're like, oh, why, why did we think of this? And he's like, it's a great answer. He's like, I don't know. Why didn't you? Right. <laughs> it was great. I don't know. Why didn't you think of why it? Why didn't you think of that? It makes the most sense. And so, sure enough, they are able to get the mm-hmm. stage back in. So MacGyver yeah. goes to check in with Cynthia and Cynthia's panicking and she's like listen the bank denied our loan like they're not going to give us any more money right um i i just don't know what to do like i think this might be the last christmas at the challengers club essentially and so carol carol's listening in Mm -hmm. as she's doing and i'm thinking i'm like god there's some something's going on with this lady right so she's something weird so she's listening into this conversation and cynthia and this is another one this is when i start i start losing it again so cynthia admits to macgyver she's like listen christmas was a really special time of year from booker and i and she picks up the picture of booker Mm -hmm. i'm not laughing because booker died i'm laughing because you had mentioned it too the picture of booker could not have been a worse picture (laughs) that they had used it was him it was like it was like a screenshot from the one of the previous episodes yeah and it was wasn't a good screen it was like a kind of he was in motion or doing something (laughs) so he didn't have a good expression on he looked kind of like groggy right like that's the photo i'm not saying cynthia picked but that the folks putting together this macgyver tv show chose right at this moment to show of booker yeah like when cynthia is really starting to have a hard time saying booker and i put this place together it was our dream and now that he's gone i'm having a really hard time going on and it's this huge emotional release and that's the photo they picked (laughs) oh yeah because she's like i'm being stretched too thin Mm -hmm. i've just i have nothing left to give these kids as she's like staring at yeah this like dot matrix picture of a (laughs) screenshot i'm like what are you come on guys so uh, it was a very powerful scene it was a, a you know a sad moment but that took me out of it just a little bit. Yeah. Because I'm being deliberately critical. And I'm like, come on, that's the photo. But I got Misty here, too. I'm like, geez, Cynthia, yeah, oh, my God. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> so we cut back from commercial after that. We're, we're now at a pool hall. And Breeze is getting ready to shoot pool. And Carol, like, walks up behind him. Well, well, yeah, right. Okay, so Cynthia, Carol is the one that goes after Breeze right. instead of MacGyver. I don't think she mentions it to anyone. She no. Just, she just like disappears. She just leaves the Challengers Club. Right. And it's the same pool hall in the beginning that MacGyver went to to confront Breeze. Yes. Or no, to con- was it Breeze? Or when he went it- to confront Ray. The Ray, Cuba right. Gooding Jr.'s character. Who obviously we don't see in this episode because Cuba Gooding Jr. went on to bigger and better part in this show. <laughs> right, right. And so his character, let's say, graduated from the Challengers Club and has now made a name for himself somewhere else. <laughs> I like let's, that better than my scenario earlier. Uh, oh, 
<laughs> We're not getting into that. So anyway, so Carol finds Breeze at the pool hall, and she's like, "Listen, what do you say we play a little uh, play a little pool there, Breeze?" He's like, "Come on, lady, I don't want to take your money." And she's like, like, "Oh, please, I could whip you with one arm tied behind my back." He's like, "Are you serious?" Yeah. Okay. Well, around here we we play for something. What do you got? And so she reaches into her pocket and she's like, "I bet Mister Lincoln here." And she throws a five down on the table and it's like Breeze is like, "Fine, okay, let's do it." It's your bet, so it's my break. So he he racks the, up the balls and breaks, and right off the bat starts doing pretty good. He's he hits it pretty well, and then like it goes on for a minute, and then he gets one more hit, and everything goes awry, and like the eight ball goes over to the corner pocket, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, not the eight ball!" And like then we get this one shot to Carol. We get a sound effect of like a twinkle. Yeah. And then the ball rolls in, the eight ball rolls in, and Carol's like, ah, scratched. Scratched. I was like, what, the, what is she, a telekinetic? Like, yeah. what What was that? Like, she blinked her eyes like she could move the eight ball. So right off the bat, I'm like, wait, 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 what's going on? Who is this Carol anyway? It was very bizarre. And so Breeze loses to Carol. Yeah. And she brings up very quickly after this moment, she brings up Breeze's dad. Mm-hmm. And he's like, listen, my father never cared about me. She never cared about my, he never cared about my mom. He never did anything for me on Christmas. Like, I, I, it's just like, why are you bringing this up? And she goes, listen, Breeze, Christmas is not about giving. No, Christmas is about giving. <laughs> Christmas is not about giving. Christmas is all about yourself. It's about getting gifts for yourself and getting the biggest gifts you can. No, she's like, listen, she's like, Christmas is about giving, not receiving. And she's like, fucking Cynthia needs your help. And you've bailed on her three times. Yeah. Right. She's like, get the fuck over there. She's like, her husband died less than a year ago. This is her first Christmas without Booker. She needs you. She needs somebody. St- like, just mm-hmm. get back there and do so it. Let's talk about that. So this is Cynthia's first Christmas without Booker. Right. So Booker died in the season four. I think it was actually episode 11, mm-hmm. The Challenge. Right. So that was that episode, almost a full season ago, was less than a year. So it was post-Christmas. See, that season four episode was after Christmas. Mm. This episode was on Christmas. So now this is kind of skewing our own thoughts that each season is roughly a year in MacGyver's life. Right, because and... the, the weather was nice. I remember that episode. It wasn't didn't seem like it was cold weather. Mm-hmm. So we can imagine that maybe it was spring, maybe April, March or April. Mm-hmm. So we, the, basically, season four, that episode of season four, we'll say it took place in April. Right. So the this time span from that episode to this episode was eight months. Mm-hmm. That's it. So eight so, eight months transpired in a season. So our own interpreted timeline is probably not right, but we have no re- frame of reference. This is one of the one of the very few clues we get to how long all this stuff is taking. You know? Right. Right. Exactly. Eh. Whatever. So anyway, so Booker uh, Booker so Breeze decides that he's he's gonna listen to Carol. And he ends up he heads back over to the Challengers Club. So we cut to St. Mary's, and MacGyver walks in, and he's kind of like looking for anything that he can find as mm-hmm. to where the Madonna went. And Battaglia is standing over by where the Madonna was stolen. But but like he's on his way out. So as MacGyver's walking in, you see Battaglia, Battaglia, the furniture guy, yeah, turn around and start walking out of the church. And MacGyver's like, "Hey, what are you doing here? What's up?" Right. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Listen." He's like, what, uh, what do you want me to say to you, MacGyver? Like, what, what do you want me to say? Like, I left the church. I lost my faith in the church 15 years ago. He's like, I prayed every single day that God would come in and he would help my dying wife. Yeah. Those prayers went, went, went unanswered. Mm-hmm. My wife died. 
I didn't forgive him. I refused to forgive God, and I left. Well, there's something more specific. Like, he carved that Madonna statue, and he said he and his wife prayed to it. Oh, yeah, okay. Look, hoping that his wife would get better, and she didn't. So there's like even more than like right. his faith. Like he carved the statue, and they were praying to like, and then it didn't. Nothing happened. So he got very resentful that God took his wife and left him with all this pain in his heart, as he said. Yeah, and I'm left alone with all this pain in my heart. Yeah, and MacGyver's like, wow. He doesn't really know how to answer him. So the right. only thing he can come up with before Battaglia leaves is he says, oh, "Mr. Battaglia, we all lose people we love." And he's kind of like does the he doesn't really shrug his shoulders, but it really is that kind of like. What do you want me to say? Right. I like I get it. <laughs> like, I know. But Pataglia doesn't know that Mac is, you know, alone as well. He doesn't right. have a mother or a father. Right. And we haven't seen Harry, his his grandfather. Since, since probably season three. Right. So we cut back to after that after that very once again I got a little teary eyed. <laughs> Yeah, it was getting worse. Like these, scenes, these scenes were delivered very well. Like I was like, wow. Because oh, this absolutely. guy, Battaglia, was like starting to really break down. He was like very upset. And then it just cuts to a commercial. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, Whew. oh, wow. Bounty so, paper towels. Help you. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. So we're back at the club. And Breeze heads back in. And he starts getting ready to help. And he walks over. And he, and he apologizes to Cynthia. And he says, listen, I never knew what to get you for Christmas. So I decided on less attitude. And more cooperation. And Cynthia's just like, that's all I need. I'll take that. I'll take it. That's and that all makes I want. her really happy. And then Breeze is like, all right, help, guys, help me move this. And they and they start moving this weird like weight machine. Yeah. And all I can think of is like, where the hell's MacGyver's weight machine? Or the MacGyver's running treadmill weirdo thing that Booger was trying out. Oh, my gosh. That's Remember? Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking MacGyver probably built half of this gym equipment. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So anyway, yeah, they move that stuff out of the way and they start working on the set. And he's like, you get the lighting board and get all the lights from the, the storage closet. Like, Breeze knows what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So Cynthia, just in the back of her head, she's got this thought that maybe Carol had something to do with this. And she walks over and she's like, so what would you say to him? What did you say to Breeze? And Carol's like, oh, oh, nothing. I just played a little friendly game of eight ball. Yeah. <laughs> and then that she was walks it. away. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. And so here's where here's where the the, the shit hits the fan and things just fucking where, sp- where this episode got real for Dave spiral out of control emotionally. <laughs> so the the it's that evening, and the the doors are open. They're getting ready for the Christmas concert. Like everyone's getting ready and they're getting prepped in their places. And Carol goes to MacGyver and she's like, our, one of our little angels is having a little stage fright. And like she, the lead angel, the lead Violet, the one who gave MacGyver the hamster, <laughs> the hamster carving. <laughs> And so MacGyver was like, "All right, I'll go talk to her." And so he walks in, and he goes, "Hey, somebody tells me you're having a little, uh, you're having a little stage fright." And she was like, "Yeah, I'm really nervous. I don't think I can go on stage." And MacGyver talks to her, and he's like, "Listen, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, just you and me, all right?" He's like, "When I was really nervous when I was growing up, and my mom used to, when she knew I was nervous, she would always give me a secret word, just between she and I. It was the one thing that we knew together, and she would give me that word, and then my." My nervousness would go away. And she was like, do you want to know what that word was? And Violet like, kind of like gets really like, yeah, what, what, what? And MacGyver goes, ice cream. And as soon as I heard that, all of my fear went away and I didn't have hmm. any more stage fright. And Violet was just like, oh. And so you can see like. But you see this moment in MacGyver as well where he yes. starts, where the he's starting to not overcome the grief of his mother's death, but like, like starting to 
share her like yeah. with people more through this secret. It was a secret that was just between MacGyver and his mother. Now it's a secret between MacGyver and this little girl. Like it's like right. he's you know, he's growing up in a way. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's and I was really just, cool. I wrote I know this episode is ripping up the heartstrings, but son of a bitch if it's not working on me. And I'm like <laughs> and I'm already like my goosebumps are ugh. Oh all right. So Mac. Mac so 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 Father Lafferty Shows up and he runs into Carol and he says to Carol or no, Carol says to Father Lafferty that he looks strangely familiar. There's something about him that she just can't place it. Right. No, no. Oh, no. no, He thinks. No, no. no, he said. God, I'm an idiot. Dave. Okay, so I'm overwrought with emotions, Greg. Father Rafferty. Carol comes up to Father Rafferty. He's he's at the Challengers Club to come see the Christmas Christmas show, and she just says, "You know, I really, I really love what you've said at your sermons the past couple Christmases. They really, they've really hit the nail on the head. They've been fantastic." And he's like, "Oh, well, thank you. I'm sorry, but are are you?" part of my parish i've never i don't recognize you i've never seen That's you before right. and she's like oh i i usually wear something a little bit you know more more you know i guess what's the word fancy she's like i'm a little usually a little better dressed than this right than this yeah and he's like oh okay and then that's that's it i mean that's the where the conversation ends. right it felt weird but you're like that's strange so carol's been to that church then yeah Hmm. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Right. So as the show's getting ready to go, Mac pulls over and he and he kind of pulls Breeze aside and he says, "Listen, when this when this show is over, he's like, I need you to recruit everybody you know, and I need we need to scour this neighborhood to find this Madonna." And Breeze doesn't even hesitate. He was like, "Yep, yeah, absolutely. You got it. Yeah, like, we can do that. Whatever you need." So the show starts, and the angels are supposed to come out, and Violet starts getting like really anxious. Like mm-hmm. you can see her backstage. She opens the curtain. She's like, "I don't want to." MacGyver's out there. there in the front row. And so she looks at MacGyver and he looks at him and all he does is he mouths the word ice cream to her and all of a sudden she's just like completely relaxed. Ice cream. And she goes on with the performance and she does and it's, and it's flawless. It's beautiful. Uh, and and I was actually like, I was looking at this and I was taken out, out of the show for a little bit because yeah. like I'm thinking... Wow, this is kind of cute. They're like a little pageant. These little girls dressed as angels doing a little dance. And what was the guy's name? Um, uh, Julio. The guy. There's a a a, a, a member of the Challenger Club, a, a boy, probably twelve or thirteen, yep. playing the piano. Oh yes, yeah, and it yeah, was yeah. called Julio and the Four Angels. That was the name. Julio's of Four Angels. That's Julio's right. Julio's Four Angels. Right. So it was kind of funny. But anyway, I'm looking around. I'm like, wow, this is like a full production. There's stage curtains. There's lights. It's lit really well. Yeah. And I I wasn't even thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. Breeze did this with some kids in like four hours. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Whatever. It's Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a quick cutaway to Bataglia in in his furniture shop. And he's like got his hands on the cardboard box and we still don't know what's inside and he's holding a picture of he and his wife and he's just like weeping i know over this box and over this picture and it, was, of his it wasn't wife. it wasn't even just a picture of he and his wife it was their wedding picture yes i was like oh my god, oh, god. like even more it's just awful I'm like they're just layering and layering the hurt it's on this poor so guy. manipulative on this episode and i can't i'm eating it up so i love this like matt gets up in the middle of the performance to go check on cynthia Yes, right. He goes into the back room and he's like, "How are we looking?" And so you can see Cynthia's counting money, and she's like, "She's like, we're two thousand seven hundred and eleven dollars short." 
She's like, all we need right now is a miracle. Okay, so okay, again, MacGyver, you have to have two thousand seven hundred dollars. You know, like you, he's got to have a have savings to. account and an offshore account somewhere. He has right. to be able to transfer twenty eight hundred dollars. Yeah, right to Cynthia, like, oh, or pull a favor from somebody. Seriously, Pete pulls favors from right. everyone under the sun. Right, you oh, should yeah. do For the sure. same. Oh, I know a guy. Oh, I'll do a favor. He owes me one. Right, uh, Mac. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> so. She goes out to watch the rest of the show with MacGyver, and Breeze comes onto the stage, and he kind of invites Cynthia up, and he thanks her for everything that she's done for the Challengers Club. And I don't know if Breeze asks him, asks her to. He just tells her. But he's like, we want you to sing. Well, because she said, so every year um, there would be a big part of this show that Booker and Cynthia would be a part of, and we, we'd love to hear that song again. Right, because Cynthia, I guess, sings at every show, and this is the first, and this is like this is this is when it started to get me. I, this is this is where I lost it completely. So, so I could even... all be home for Christmas, right? Right. So she comes up on stage, everyone's applauding, and she starts singing. Like I forget this actress's name, but I can't she remember her phenomenal. name. Like yeah, starts singing. I'll be home for Christmas. Mm. Okay, and so this is the first time she has done this. Since her husband has died. Right. And Christmas was a really important thing for her. And this is something they did together. And this is her first time performing this. The grief is still very real. And she's singing, I'll be home for Christmas, like through the tears. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, I'm I'm getting choked up now thinking about it. And MacGyver's like getting like overwhelmingly emotionally. Like he's like, "Ah, he's like really (laughs) uncomfortable. And he gets up and he he goes out to the back stairs. Yeah. And he's just like in the back stairwell and he's just standing there. (sighs) And Father Lafferty sees him, and she, he kind of like follows him out, and he's like, MacGyver, is, something, is everything going on? And he kind of reiterates about the song and how that song is just too much for him. It's too sappy. He's like, he just doesn't like getting into it. And he, this is when, and then Father Lafferty was like, MacGyver, listen, I need you to know something. Like, your mother understood that you couldn't be there for Christmas. Like, she, you couldn't be there for her on Christmas. She completely understood, but MacGyver still blames himself for well, it. So this is what happened. MacGyver was going to go see her for Christmas, but couldn't, for whatever reason, got delayed. So he called her and said, Mom, I'm sorry, I can't make it. Right. And then she had a stroke the next day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I guess, died before he got home. Right. So he never got to see her uh, the last couple days, or I guess never said goodbye, and blames himself for not being there because he couldn't either work or something. He's like, I can't make it tomorrow. Right. And she died or had the stroke and died. Right. And Father Lafferty's like, it's fine because even you couldn't control it. And even if you had been there those last few days, she wouldn't have known who you were. And this is what got me. This is it. This is what got me again. So Cynthia's singing and cry- Oh, my God. So he <laughs> said, Father Lafferty's like, at the end, she was just rambling crazy. Delirious. Stuff, saying, she was saying things like she loved you and talking a lot about ice cream. You know, just just ravings. Right. And that I was like, oh, fuck. And then we see that recognition. MacGyver's just like, <laughs> he's just like looking around like, what? Like this complete has this realization that like he's now like reassured that his mom has remembered him and that right. he understood now that like his mother didn't like those doesn't blame him for not being there. Mm-hmm. And he goes back inside as Cynthia finishes the song and I'm in buckets of tears. I know, I'm I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> watching MacGyver. So, I, I just have to say this performance of Cynthia it was amazing. I would say Cynthia. I, I got to know what her name is. Find her name as we continue on with this. But I'm just like I'm a mess at this point, and I'm just like that was again. 
and I, I hate to use the the example of the, the, the challenge with this the most raw we've ever seen Richard Dean Anderson and MacGyver, but like there was real emotion in that. This was the the best. Like I was, he was like, just oh my god. Oh, he was at fuck. such a loss for words. Like he didn't know what to say after hearing Father Lafferty say that his mother said ice cream. Oh, for sure. And he had no idea how to re- re- respond to that. And it was just unbelievable. So he goes back inside and Cynthia finishes her song and everyone's just like everyone flips out like crazy standing ovation. Okay. Roxanne Reese. Roxanne Reese. Okay. Roxanne I th- Reese. Yeah. I think this is her last appearance as Cynthia. Okay. I don't know if she's on the show anymore. Unfortunately, that stinks. Um so as everyone's cheering, we we cut to a far shot of the the auditorium and the back door opens and we see the Santa Claus comes in, starts handing out presents and it's Pete. Mm-hmm. Pete dressed up as Santa, Santa Pete. <laughs> Santa Pete. That that was that what okay. Cynthia finishes singing and like she's like really emotional in the crowd. It's like, yay, yay. And then right. Pete storms in, like, whoa, 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 hey whoa, everybody, whoa. oh ho 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 ho. Santa Pete comes in, like hey, good to see Santa Pete. But kills like, the mood. <laughs> kills the mood. That's exactly what it was. I'm like, I wanted I wanted to feel this a little bit more. Absolutely. Um oh and, my gosh. And man, it was oh. And so Breeze, so it's like Pete's handing out all these gifts as Santa Claus Breeze comes running out from the back and he goes, Guys, you might want to you might want to come back here and see this. Like you need to see this now. Mm-hmm. So they all go running back into the room, and in the middle of Cynthia's desk is mm-hmm. uh, something wrapped in a piece of cloth. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it belonged to Carol. And they unwrapped it, and they're like, it's two thousand seven hundred and eleven dollars mm-hmm. have been left here on my desk out of nowhere." And we cut to the outside, and we realize that Carol has already left. And as she's well. While Pete is handing out all the all the fu- stuff as Santa Pete, right? You see Carol kind of smile. Yeah. You see, it cuts to Carol with her her shopping cart full of stuff, and she just pushes it out the front door of the Challengers Club. Yeah, which, as we know, leads to just stares. <laughs> <laughs> she's got it. She's out, and she's walking down the street, and she's smiling, and there's just like glowing light over her head, just mm-hmm. like wind blowing the back of her hair, and then we fade out to commercial and. Carol's gone. Like she doesn't come back. I know. And so we cut to the next day. It's Christmas morning. But they never say anything. They never reference her disappearance. Right. Except for this moment right here. Yeah. So the next day, uh, it's Christmas, and MacGyver and Pete are going to St. Mary's, and they tell Father Lafferty, like, listen, we couldn't find the Madonna. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. And Battaglia comes in with the box, mm-hmm. and he walks over to Father Lafferty, and he hands him the box and, and, the, and he explains the thing with his wife to father he's like i'm sorry i've lost i you know lost touch with the church this is why like my wife died and i just like couldn't deal with this anymore right right and so he opens it up and inside is a hand carved statue of the baby jesus mm-hmm. and he said he had meant that this was actually he wanted this to go with the madonna mm-hmm. 20 years ago mm-hmm. or 15 years ago but after his wife died he held on to it and just didn't really want to let that go sure um and so now he wants he wants the church to have it. And so a- as they're talking, we we hear the squeaking again that we heard at the beginning of the episode, and we see this little boy come in with a wagon. Mm-hmm. And on the back of the wagon is is the Madonna. And we get this scene here at the very end, right before we close out the episode of, uh, his name is Casey. You took the Madonna? No, Father. Honest. I didn't. I promised the Madonna I would take her for a ride if I got in a wagon for Christmas. I did. And when I went out to play with it this morning, I found her waiting for me. Oh, the hand's been damaged a little, but I can fix that. 
So let's just, when he mentions the hand's been damaged a little. Now, it, and it zooms in close onto the Madonna's. Uh, it's the hand that's hand. outstretched, so it's it would outstretched. be, I think it's the right hand. And you can see, like, the wood's a little damaged and the paint's chipped. Yeah. It just so happens to be the same place that Carol got wounded on her hand when she fell down at the beginning what? of the episode. What? Oh, my God. And so Pete and Mac have this, like, they they share a look. Like, right. could it really? Is it? Is did Carol really? And so that's where we end with like Pete and Mac having this look back and forth to each other. Yeah. And so we're led to believe that Carol now is the Madonna <laughs> in some aspect. I so, guess. So okay, and that's the end of the episode. Yep. There it just ends like that. I I, I got to tell you, I mean, it was emotionally, like I said, emotionally manipulated you at every single turn of this episode. Mm-hmm. It was heavy on the sap, but my God, if I didn't eat every minute of this episode, and I cried probably no more than four times, <laughs> no less than four times. I when you you so you watched it first, and you mentioned, oh my God, I was try- crying like a child watching. I'm like, wow, okay. And then as I started watching it, I'm like, oh wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Exactly. It's just it, it it is so manipulative, but it was it was good. It really was. It in, was just, in the sappiest, most hallmark TV show possible. It's just MacGyver good. <laughs> it was MacGyver it's good. Just MacGyver good. Um, I, I mean, I had no choice. Well, I did have a choice, but I, I had to give it five. I had to give it five Mullins. <laughs> I really did for an episode that from what nineteen eighty nine, almost thirty years ago, to make me cry <laughs> three or four times, weep. I had yeah. I had to give it five. So. Uh, <laughs> I went in order of the episode for my mullet. So my first mullet was for the joke about Pete's hernia. <laughs> um, my second mullet was for Carol. I yeah. thought she was great. I thought she was just super well done. Mm-hmm. Just just had the right amount of like kooky old woman um, uh-huh. to to make you to make you believe it. Uh, one mullet for Bataglia. Okay, because me and old men. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one mullet for Cynthia singing at the end, mm-hmm. and one mullet for MacGyver's realization that his mother did not forget him upon her death. Five mullets. <sighs> Straight up five mullets. You know, I, I don't think I can... I just wrote down five mullets. I cried like a child. I know. <laughs> um, I can't really add anything to what you said. I mean, it's it was perfect. I'm going to have to, again, like Cynthia, the character, Roxanne Reese, her performance of singing Silent, uh, uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Oh. Plus, I love that song. I do, too. And, oh, my... Ugh, yeah, it totally twisted me. Yeah. And and then Mac realizing his mother didn't, you know, forgave him for not right. being there. Um, yeah, and uh, despite all the weird little details and stuff, it was a. I liked that it brought the humanity to the characters because so often these horrible things happen in these shows, right? These in the and like particularly MacGyver, and they never acknowledge the pain. Yes, about any of this. Yes. We got and, we've we've now gotten so many little tidbits into his life. Like you know, we found out first when his mom, his dad and grandmother died, and we found out I know he lost his best friend when he was a kid. And so we're like, I just love finding out these little tiny mm-hmm. bits and pieces throughout the course of the series. And just this was another one, just like it's a huge reveal about him blaming himself for his mother's mm-hmm. death. The one thing that gets me though is that Pete has a family. Except that in one of the past episodes, his son stole stuff from the Phoenix Foundation. Right. 
and his estranged wife is someplace. We have no so idea. So what's Pete doing on on? So this is the first time you also really noticed that scene just before Violet gave gave Mac the hand carved hamster or whatever it was. Right. That you realize that MacGyver and Pete are alone, like in their own lives. MacGyver yes. has no direct family, and Pete's not close to anybody either. Right. So that's why they're together all the time. Right, because at this point, we can maybe assume that Grandpa Harry has passed. We haven't seen from I him. I mean, he's got his truck. Mac mm-hmm. has his truck. So, I don't know. Right. So, yeah, they're both alone. Certainly. He's yeah, got- it's there's something there. I mean, there's something yeah. like between Mac and Pete that even though MacGyver has Jack Dalton as a friend... I wouldn't say Jack's the best friend. No. Um, no. I think Pete and MacGyver have that, you know. I, I Absolutely. The best relationship. Absolutely. The, the deepest I would agree with that. Um, so, yeah, I just think I might actually watch this every Christmas. <laughs> I might put this on every Christmas. I'll be honest. I'll watch it just to, to, to see that song game. I would, too. Absolutely. Um, Greg. Yes. Do you want to go to the Old West? <laughs> yes, I do. Because that's what's coming up in the next episode. Are we going to Disney? Season 5, episode 12, Serenity. Dude. Exhausted from work, MacGyver falls asleep and dreams he's in the Old West, imagining Pete as a rich landowner who hires evil gunslinger Murdoch to force MacGyver off his land. What a better way to kick off the 90s than sending <laughs> Mac to the Old West. <laughs> so this is it. We really see like season five is where where they start pulling pulling out all the stops and really start. Yes. Let's write. Let's write about this. Let's write about the old west. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah they're they're running out of uh, they're running out of solid well, ideas. They set the bar pretty high when they started the season about searching for the Holy Grail. Yes, so, there we go. Yes, they could have maybe dragged and it. MacGyver found it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, yeah, so next week. Join us for the Old West, and uh, we should have some fun with that. Um, so if you liked what you heard, go ahead and reach out to us and let us know. Um, you can you can find us on Facebook at Champ and Climb Blow Your Mind. You can find us on Twitter at Blow Your Mind 14. You can find us on Instagram at Champ Klein. Our email address is lettusblowyourmind at gmail.com. Go ahead and send us an email and let us know how we're doing if you enjoy uh if you enjoy hearing us do this stuff, uh, we'd, we'd appreciate to hear from you. Uh, also, leave us a review on uh, iTunes. It's it's a great way for us to be heard by other uh, listeners. Uh, more people can find us. It'd be great. So uh, do yourself a favor, and uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, go back and listen to everything, please, except for episode one, two, three, four, and 5, because those are no longer on the iTunes feed for the moment as we are in the midst of increasing our storage space. So if you're on iTunes and you don't see the first five or six episodes of the show, they are on our website, champacline.com. But at the moment, Greg and I are uh, looking to increase our storage space for the show. So rest assured, they will be back eventually. Uh, they're just not there at the moment. So anyway, for Mullets and Memories this week, I am your host, Dave Champa. I'm your other host, Greg Klein. Have a fantastic week, guys. Well, and maybe it's time for a sp-